you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the League podcast is making the leap. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes, Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? What up? Good to be back. Greg, out of the chair immediately, <laughs> back from vacation. What did you do on vacation, Greg? Um... I listened to our podcast and I heard from a, a variety of sources, but mostly from Mark's mouth, that Dan and Chris Wesleyan were running amok last week. But Mark was the only one that well, could keep things in line. I, really? Unfortunately, and I, and I <laughs> feel for Dan and Wes, that is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really think that we were that out of control, but I perhaps we're just bad boys. Maybe we're the bad boys of ATL, and Mark, who I thought was, maybe isn't. I care about the league. I, I had a very nice vacation, though, to answer yeah, okay. your question. It's delicious <laughs> to have a vacation where you don't get on a plane and travel anywhere. You know, we had a date. We had mm-hmm. a three-night trip at one point, but it was great. That's good. And now Chris Wessling, the chair is empty. <laughs> he is now in Cincinnati. He will be doing some time with a family for the next week. So this is what happens before training camp starts. We get all this vacation stuff out of the way, and then we come together like a force uh, for the start of training camp. So... That's it. This is the last week of vacation among us, right? I have brought a bit of Chris into the studio. Oh, what's that? Well, because it's 12 degrees in here. <laughs> yes. And I am wearing Chris's, what would you call this? Varsity letter jacket? A petticoat. Uh, very <laughs> fluffy pockets. It is kind of adorable that you're wearing like his jacket. I thought you meant you brought in like, you. a lock of his hair or something weird. So that's, that's a acceptable. A lock of Chris Wesling's hair. I see that he pinned your jacket, too. <laughs> like they did in the old days. Now you're my girl forever. It's a great garment. <laughs> this this really is the last week, though, Dan. Friday, yes. the Buffalo Bills show up to work and start a little thing called training camp. The summer That's is real. over. It's coming. That's this upcoming Friday. That's four days from now. <laughs> wow. And, you know, even before <laughs> that, happened? we're going to have our AFC training camp 
preview to get ready for that. We're going to do that. The AFC training camp preview. NFC next week. That's right. We're going to get into all of that. It's going to be very good. I mean, on the site and on the podcast. NFL.com slash ATL for everything that you're looking for. And speaking of which, the Making the Leap series, which we've been counting down for the last several weeks, comes to a conclusion on today's show. We're going to hit the number two and number one Making the Leap candidates. Uh, we're going to get Kevin Patra, our ATL Chicago correspondent. I like to think of Patra as if you used to watch Inside the NFL, NFL on HBO back in the day. He's like our Gary Myers. Comes in, he like sidles into the studio, and he just he drops some nuggets, and then he disappears. <laughs> Gary Myers? Yeah, I, I like You that. don't remember Myers? No, I like that. As a sidekick? I was thinking uh, Jimmy the Greek, potentially, oh, minus the gambling troubling. issues. But yeah, We'll I like talk that. about this like after Gary the show. Myers. Gary Myers, we are the Newsday reporter. Okay. He used to be on Inside the NFL. Okay. Let's keep moving. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry yeah. you didn't have premium cable as a kid. Go, don't put it on me. Go a little more high octane than Gary Myers. Come on. <laughs> he was good back then. Okay, so we're gonna do we're gonna wrap up the making the leap. We are also going to uh, get into some players that we believe will whatever the opposite of making the leap is, guys that will regress starting this year. We're gonna go around the table and nominate a few guys for that title, which is not something you wanna be. Uh, involved with, but before any of that, TD, how are you, buddy? What's going on, guys? How you guys doing? Good, and a lot of people ask on Twitter now, just like they did when Gold Standard was our producer, we're getting a lot of tweets, how do you follow Black Tie? How do you follow TD? What is his handle? And it is... At Producer TD. And it's not... Which is very good. Yeah, it's not something I usually plug on shows because you know, it's not my show. Guys. You're a humble I'm man. Just, you know, but uh, if you want to, you know, follow and get some thoughts on uh, all things sports. I'm not a one sport guy, though, so people do kind of yeah, get... Yeah, buyer beware. Yeah. And he is a humble man, other than the fact that before today's show, he was talking about the possibility of buying a yellow uh, Camaro one day because he is in that pocket in life where he feels like it wouldn't be ridiculous. It would be the least ridiculous right now. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Giving it some thought. But real quick, though, I just love, again, Greg's body language. I love mm. when he's mm. fired up. He's pointing. It's kind of like Peyton Manning at the line. He just keeps pointing at stuff. It's like, TD what's going on? is a uh, body language expert, and we'll be leaning on that often during the regular season when it comes to watching games and reactions on the sidelines, things of that nature. That will be a great tool. I'm glad you're a fan. I mean, some, some people have suggested medicine for all this, but uh, <laughs> I guess using it to my advantage. Both fair up. suggestions. Um, TD, can we do some news? <laughs> Is that the final whistle that ends the World Cup? Dan, you got it exactly right. Wow. Exactly I know right. different sports. You know, that, that's what it was. You know, it's the final whistle. It's the soccer whistle, the mm. three-pronged whistle. Yeah. And uh, it's a wrap on the World Cup. I know you guys were plugged in like I was and Indeed. former producer Goldstander was. So There is some relief. Congrats to Germany. That it's yeah. over. It, does anyone else feel that? I'm just kind I of, enjoyed it, I have to I, say. I like that it was on in the office. I like that it was just something different every four years. I loved it, years. too. But when it was over, I thought... 
Good. Get out of our face. <laughs> By the way, I'm a, it's hard to take you serious right now, Mark, because your purple fleece that you're wearing is now you've lowered it below your shoulders, and it's almost an intimate. It is rubbing like a, against the microphone. Come so on, I had of sorts. to. I had to take this whatever this overcoat. It's something and put like it a hot like, chick would do to like let you know she's interested, to like expose listen, her shoulders. The body language guy is over <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, body language on this one too. I'm not. Uh, I'm not loving it. I gotta say, you know, <laughs> it was for audio issues. It wasn't suggestive. I, you know, I took it that way. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, congrats to Germany. Yeah, I like, every four years to me is perfect. Yeah. Per, it, was, it was a ton of fun, but we've got something else to get on to. I would say, though, as a big soccer football fan, it was sort of depressing when Team USA went out, not because they were out of the tournament, but also because most people at work stopped watching. Yeah, the air mm. went so out I would the be very like the, I was like the only one who was at my desk still watching the I'm game, still so watching. I kind of felt bad. It's like I watched yesterday. I got, I got to try like look like I'm working. But. All right. <laughs> So anyway, let's do some news. The Denver Broncos are five months removed from uh, a tough beating in the Super Bowl at the hands of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, now you double down this season. They have Manning, who's not getting any younger. They get DeMarcus Ware. You know, this is a team obviously built to win now. And it makes sense that cornerback Chris Harris had this to say to ESPN.com's Jeff Legwald. Guys know what's at stake this year. At least they should. It's Super Bowl or bust for us. That's a fair statement, right? That's fair. For Denver? Yeah, I mean, anything less. Let me – go ahead, Greg. I was going to say it got us thinking. It got us thinking. I'm going to throw – I just came up with a a list. You let me know if I missed anybody here. Teams where it's absolutely Super Bowl or bust. Right. Like, as a fan of the Patriots, for instance, it's a weird spot because I really appreciate how good they are year after year. And – I appreciate it when they make the Super Bowl, even if they lose. But there is a feeling at this point that it's basically a huge disappointment if they don't win the Super Bowl, which is a tough bar, but that's sort of where they set it. So what other teams are at that point where if they don't win or make the Super Bowl, the whole season's a letdown? And there is, to tie in another sport outside football, baseball, there was a George Steinbrenner, they used to call it the Steinbrenner Doctrine around the Yankees organization, and it was as follows. Anything short of a World Series championship is considered failure, which is a very hard way to do business internally, and the pressure is outrageous because it's hard to win a Super Bowl. So here are the six teams I thought of. Greg, you mentioned the Patriots, Niners, Seahawks, Broncos are four for sure to me, and then the two that we talked about downstairs, Packers and Saints. Hmm. It seems to me those are two teams that are conditioned to want that Super Bowl or bust. I totally agree. And the thing that they both have in common is that the coach and quarterback that are in place right now have won Super Bowls. And I think once you get one and everything around you is legitimate and the quarterback's in his prime, then anything short of that's a big letdown. And that's the beeline for every team you mentioned. There's a, a quarterback riding the wave of either in the prime or with Denver and New England and some maybe to some extent New, New Orleans – Quarterbacks near the end. Is it, yes. Is there are there any teams not mentioned there that maybe are close to that level or have just come down from that level? Mm, I don't think New Orleans is the one that's even tricky. I mean, it's crazy for me as someone who went to a lot of games coached by Jim Hazlitt and quarterback by Aaron Brooks that even making the Super <laughs> Greg Bowl Roosevelt, a Tulane graduate <laughs> would somehow be a disappointment for the Saints. So that they're close. I don't think anyone else is. That cl- I mean, if Philly made the Super Bowl, wouldn't that just be a, we're happy to be here. That is a huge win. I mean, it'd be great to win the actual game, yes. but if you get there, you're happy. I think the same would be true for the Colts or even the Steelers if they bounce back. I can't think of another team. 
All right, well, then we'll cap it right there. Moving forward, here's another team. Maybe you can make a case for it, given you have, again, the quarterback and coach together, the New York Giants. Uh, One offseason storyline for this team has been the rise of Giants offensive coordinator Ben McAdoo, who replaced Kevin Gilbride and uh, Eli Manning coming off. I guess the worst season of his career or since he became uh, a veteran quarterback had this to quote, this quote to say, it's re-energized me, Manning told the New York Daily News. I'm trying to speed up the process of getting comfortable in the new offensive system. I don't have 10 years. I have a few months. Are we buying? Are we buying a little Giants buy offensive a, resurgence? I buying the idea that they, if you're Eli Manning, that there's something about challenging about this stage of your career now to be able to have a new coordinator that new language wants to be impressed in a different way. Eli Manning's had a rough road the past couple seasons, but there's a lot of good things being said about their play caller. Well, I think they have talent on that roster at wide receiver. Eli Manning's shown he can do it in the past, but Ben McAdoo is one of the big wild cards this season. We don't know. We don't know if he's any good or not. One thing that's similar with Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, it's been the same system his whole life. Kevin Gilbride is there forever. T- Tom Coughlin there forever. Peyton Manning, until he moved to Denver, he never really changed systems. They, they changed the coaches there a little bit, but it was always the same system. So it's a big adjustment. Maybe it'll be great for you. Maybe it'll be terrible for him to have a big change. I don't know. What? We don't ben, know. Yeah. The only other I've... Packers offensive coordinator to come out of that McCarthy tree is Joe Philbin. Well, not too impressive. Not a hot resume, but Dan, you are probably more on the Eli train than some. Not, I mean, I, I'm probably higher on Eli than Chris Wessling as example, as an example, who doesn't think too highly of him. But I also understand with Eli, if there's one player that's the ultimate wild card player of his generation, it's Eli Manning. You really don't know what you're getting year to year, week to week with him. Would it shock me if he put up Pro Bowl production? No. If he had another year like last year, I wouldn't be crazy shocked either. It's impossible to tell. And Gilbride, after 10 years, it was right to get him out of town and, and reboot the machine a little bit before Eli gets old. I think I like what the Giants did, and I like the moves they made. I think they've set themselves up well, but I don't think it guarantees anything. Before they all get fired. I mean, Coughlin and Eli, they had to do something. If this doesn't work, if it bombed out, they could all be fired, including Eli. The Ravens finished out of the top 10 in total defense for the second consecutive year in 2013. That hadn't happened in the franchise's history since moving from, Mark, Cleveland in yes. 1996. I will Come not, on, Mark. I will Come not on, I set you up that. there, buddy. You are a factory of sadness. That was just, I was just I will dropping. Not, I'm not going to joyfully chime in with that. A- anytime we point at you, we're looking for the answer, Cleveland. That's Honestly, answer. I am or Hoyer. beautifully baking warm in this sweatshirt. I just was in a little I like bit. that I didn't the, think it was my the sweatshirt has now cre- crept back over the shoulders, which makes me more comfortable. <laughs> anyway, so back to the point. Last 15 years. Um, this is the last two years of the first time they've finished out of the top 10 in total defense. John Harbaugh expects the defense to make a jump back to prominence in 2014. The ex- this is his quote. The expectation for our defense is to be top five at the worst, Harbaugh said. It has always been that way and always will be. One thing I want to add before I throw it to you guys is the amount of turnover here. In the NFL, this is indicative of the whole league, but they won the Super Bowl on February 3rd, 2013, there's two guys left on that entire starting defense, um, Haloti really? wow. and Terrell Suggs. Two starters. That's it? Yeah. 
So well, this is a totally d- new defense, essentially. It, it's a ton of change inside what otherwise has been an incredibly consistent organization. So that's hmm. less – it's not like they changed every coach and they brought in a whole new regime. I think what, what – A, it's coach speak, but B, what Harbaugh likes, number one, Matt Elam's going to move over to strong safety, which is his natural position. And they keep, in their mind, hitting on draft picks. They've gone heavy on the draft on defense. And C.J. Mosley – lit it up in the spring, and they, they feel like he's a week one starter. That's where your hope lies with some of these young guys. Right, and also with guys that were on the roster for the Super Bowl but weren't starting back then. Lardarius Webb was injured, could be a top-level cornerback. Jimmy Smith, who was arrested over the weekend, is a pretty good starting Very cor- promising. Uh, he's a good starting cornerback. And so they're needing these young guys like Mosley, those two cornerbacks to step up. Brandon Williams is probably going to start at, at defensive tackle. It, they need that next generation because that's the team. That's the way this team has won in the past. And, yeah, to your point, Mark, the last three picks of each of the past two drafts, the Ravens have gone defense. So Ozzie Newsom, who should be given the benefit of the doubt, we know what he's capable of, has was realized that change was a coming. He is invested in a new defense, and now we get to see what happens with it. I think they were a little better last year, too, than people remember. They were pretty effective for most of the year. It was more the offense oh, that was the problem. Also, the entire conceit of what I just brought up is this is the second straight year they finished out of the top ten. That first year, they won the Super Bowl. So you don't need a dominating defense. Right, and the thing that I'd be most worried about though, that people don't talk about is – They've had a great string of defensive coordinator masterminds over the year. You know, Rex Ryan and Marvin Lewis and Mike Nolan did really well for them. Got Pagano. Not a lot of people, you know, getting too excited about Dean Pease. No, Dean Pease did a nice job, though. But <laughs> I'm I just think saying, Mr. Pease. People are like, ooh, watch well, out for Pease. Really, it's a little he's the harder. only guy to basically get fired for, by Bill Belichick for being the defensive coordinator. It's he harder wasn't fired, to market a, na- a guy named Dean Pease. <laughs> so let's be honest, it's it's a, it's tough. I don't know if you got if you listened to the end of uh, last week last week's show and Mark defended Jim Caldwell. I did. Now that Dean Pease. Now he's getting in on Dean Pease. Well, a Caldwell. I Pease think that you don't have to look too ticket. far. Other than the Ravens, to see that Caldwell did a nice job, Pease did a nice job. Pease won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, what do you need to do? You got to be a tough guy, a tough-minded <laughs> individual to survive the childhood that taunts that came at Dean Pease. He could have gone yeah. DP nonstop because you can either well, that can, you, don't do that either. you can either cave in or you can respond and become an NFL coach. My name is <laughs> Dean Pease. Uh, yeah, DP. He should not go by DP. Fair enough. All right, moving on. The Cleveland Browns. Mark. Cleveland. Hoyer. I've, uh, what do you got for me? Have, uh, they have, I'm going to use your lead from your post on the Around the League page. The Cleveland Browns have a new coach, a new quarterback, M-Dash, and a new mascot. Oh, yeah. Uh, the team will use a live bull mastiff to lead the players onto the field come su- Sundays. Of course, the name of the canine, Swagger. You are a factory of sadness! <laughs> Mark? That is ill-placed, that sound clip, because I think things... The whole point is they feel you got LeBron James in town now, you got Johnny Football. Things are changed a little bit, so why not get... I think we also called it a four-legged trinket to <laughs> yeah, lead you these it, players yes. out yes. onto the field. And you also mentioned you're excited about Swagger. I, I am. You know, we they haven't actually pinpointed a dog to play this role. Right, but they th- there will be a dog. It's I think a they concept. Can, they can find point. one. Right. This is a move by the Browns to again use Mark's wording. 
to lift their profile after, quote, years of serving as a Q-rating netherworld, referring mm. to Cleveland. So, Mark, you seem to be plugged in on this uh, Mastiff situation. <laughs> and uh, who, who knows? Hopefully it works out for you. I think it's the beginning I, of. Don't something. you worry about this live like, animal on the field I don't though? Like the, the, name, the Browns being involved, right? That's true. And I don't like the name happen. Swagger. Here, Give me here, a break. Here's with what swagger. I would take yeah, away: the, the only other three teams that use living animal mascots are Seattle, mm-hmm. Denver, and Baltimore. Two mm. have won the last two Super Bowls, and the other attended mm. one of those games. So, mm. step back. You got a. You have a Sessler about Swagger. Listen, <laughs> I like where this is I going. Think swagger is my deodorant that I use. <laughs> I know that. Sure. That is a good scent. Uh, TD, you had a thought on this? Yeah, quick hot take here. Speaking of Cleveland, <laughs> obviously right now is the center of the sports universe. Did you guys happen to see Brian Hoyer's tweet when he welcomed LeBron James back? Yes. You did. I Brian did. Hoyer has a Twitter account? He does have a Twitter account. Is it verified? <laughs> yes, it is. I don't know if it qualifies. But don't you need like five NFL starts to get verified? <laughs> he had a, he had a tweet he. that... If you guys saw, it was pretty much directed at Johnny Manziel, right? Ooh, let's hear it. All right, here he goes. He goes, best quote from at King James article. In Northeast Ohio, nothing is given. Everything is earned. You have to work for what you have. Hashtag Cleveland. I don't think that. I'm reading into well, that. I'm, I'm not re- reading into hubba, that. Hubba, hubba. He has been very withdrawn. But I listen, I think people forget that the, the heat around Hoyer is that he grew up in Cleveland, played high school football there. That's why he's got some staying power. Greg pointed out a photo where, what was it? There was... There was a guy at the Indians game, Hoyer, uh, throughout the first throughout pitch. the first pitch. Yeah. Of course, as a as a dignitary and one of the biggest <laughs> right. stars of Cleveland. Way some, someone had a huge sign up with his picture on it that said, "This is Hoyer country," or oh, "Cleveland is God. Hoyer country." Cleveland, stay out of your own way. <laughs> Come on, guys. Speaking of the Cleveland Browns, authorities say the truck stop company owned by Browns owner Jimmy Haslam. And Tennessee Governor Bill Haslam has agreed to pay $92 million in fines for cheating customers out of promised rebates and discounts. Obviously, this is something that's been hanging over the franchise for more than a year now. The pilot Flying J Company has uh, now accepted responsibility for the criminal conduct of its employees, 10 of whom have pleaded guilty to participating in the scheme uh, Greg, do you want to give some insight on what this might mean for Jimmy Haslam? No, I don't. I uh, want to keep setting you up. Buddy. I'm not a legal expert. Uh, <laughs> this is one of those stories, though. When I I read the press release that came out with it, you just don't know everything unless you are a lawyer. Like I don't know if this means it's the end of the story. It's obviously good news. There's no way that it's it's bad news, and I'm sure the Browns will be excited if this is just behind them now. Well, it's good news for some people. One of them being Jimmy Haslam, in theory. Right, I think yeah. I'm not. It's not good news for everyone. What, a, what about Swagger? Is it possible he could end up in a uh, kennel or some type of uh, I bad situation? There are still adequate funds to uh, bring Swagger on board. <laughs> swagger, it's a made-up concept. You know what? Stop losing twelve games before you ch- you name your dog Swagger. swagger. Well, it's a meaningless word. How about it, respectability? Let's, right, let's call him that. If someone uses the word <laughs> Swagger in a sports column, it means they don't know anything or momentum. Swagger well, wait, I just did this morning. Whatever. That's about the dog. All right. Well, just want to make sure. <laughs> All right. Veiled shot. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Let's finish out our Making the Leap series. We have come to the end of the road on a celebrated uh, web series by the Around the League team. Great work by all involved, especially Mark. I mean, I thought your stuff was great. Chris did great stuff. Greg did great stuff. Kevin Patra. 
who we're going to get on the phone in a moment. But let's start with number two. Do we call him the runner-up, making the leap champion? Does that seem fair? That's fair. Okay. He is New Orleans Saints safety Kenny Vaccaro, who uh, obviously uh, added another dimension to that team last year. And Rob Ryan couldn't get enough of Vaccaro. He's a guy that obviously uh, had the ability to change what they did in the back. And now Greg Rosenthal thinks that Vaccaro makes the leap. And if you're number two in the Making the Leap series, you got to be close to edging towards superstar status. And that is proven because last year, number two was Bruce Carter. <laughs> <laughs> number one was, hey, we had a lot of wins elsewhere on the list. Don't worry. All right, Greg, go ahead. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro is similar to some of the other guys I wrote about with making the leap in that you can't really define what it is that he plays. And I, that's the perfect type of guy in 2014. Rob Ryan wants a safety that's like a linebacker that's like a cornerback. And that's what Vaccaro does. He plays tight ends and wide receivers in the slot very well. And usually that type of safety is the Ed Reed type. But Vaccaro's a big hitter. He's very good in run support, and he was better when he was near the line of scrimmage. And so you can move him all around, and he's kind of that piece that Ryan, I think, was looking for to build his defense around. They love having safeties that are flexible, and now you add Jairus Bird to the mix, and I think that's part of the reason why Vaccaro's set up to be so special. And they talk. Jairus. Of course. Byers. Mark. Well, they, you know, they talked this offseason about the Saints maybe using, which they did a little bit at the end of last year, three safety sets because you'd have your two traditional and then you can move Vicaro around all over the place. He's the one guy on this list when we sat down and ate our sandwiches and decided who would be on this that I argued and a couple of us did. He's already made the leap because last season – he was so outstanding, and, and Ryan said he never gave any rookie as much responsibility, but he did get hurt, so I guess that's one reason you well, want to see a full and season. he was up and down early in the year. He came on late, I think, and he didn't make a lot of big plays. He's the type of guy that I loved watching for this assignment because he's a hard guy to appreciate just on a down-to-down basis because you don't see all the different things that he did. I mean, he broke up a pass to win the game in his first NFL game covering Tony Gonzalez, so that got some attention. He made some nice plays against the Panthers on national TV, but a lot of the things he does doesn't really show up in the box score, kind of like a hard-nosed Earl Thomas type of guy. Rob Ryan called Vaccaro the best, quote, overall safety in the league, uh, though he admitted that Earl Thomas was the best free safety. Uh, Greg, by the end of the season... Will we be seeing Kenny Vaccaro as a guy that shows up on top 10 defensive players in the whole NFL type list? That could be pushing it, but I can see him making a Pro Bowl. And you look at the strong safeties that have made it in recent years, Eric Berry, Troy Palomalu last year, Dante Whitner and Leron Landry made it a couple years ago. And I think Vaccaro is ready to pass them and to be mentioned with Cam Chancellor and Berry as one of the best safeties in the league at that position. And you could see him and Bird both making the Pro Bowl. Is that the best uh, tandem in the league back there? Well, you got to give it to Seattle. But after that, I think you have to give it to the champs. I mean, they, they have yep. Earl Thomas is number one. Cam Chancellor has been great. Uh, but what New Orleans is doing is setting up to be a very similar type of setup where Bird is kind of playing the Earl Thomas role and Vaquero is a much more versatile type of chancellor. The team of ATL, which we'll be uh, figuring out as the training camp goes along and entering the regular season, 
Haven't heard anybody mention the Saints yet, have I? Wes? Uh, Wes online, yeah, we've there. talked about we've it We've talked about it a little bit. bit. I feel like they're a team that perhaps is a team that could come up as a nominee. We'll see. Well, they used to be a team that was like, all right, they have an exciting offense and we'll deal with the defense. But there's a lot of reasons in, to be intrigued about both sides right now. Mm-hmm. All right, so number one on the making the list leap list for 2014. Do we have a drum roll, TD? Get excited, everybody. <laughs> Number one, Minnesota Vikings wide receiver, Cordero Patterson. Congratulations, buddy. And now we have Cordell on the phone. Let's get him on. No, just kidding. We have the next best thing, Kevin Patra, coming at you. Uh, that, is, that is flattering if I'm the next best thing. Well, I mean, do you want us to be honest about it? There are no. a couple. You're like the fourth best thing next. <laughs> like, I was going to say sixth or seventh best thing. That Viable option. If I'm on the list of, of next best thing, I'm yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, there's that's a good. lot of there's a lot of things out there. Kevin, you've been talking up Patterson since January. It's like you basically we basically did making the leap this year just so Kevin Patrick could write about <laughs> Cordero Patterson. Thanks for all the work, Kevin. Yeah, so Kevin, tell us what gets you so excited about this young playmaker. Oh, it's just his explosive ability. I mean, I think he's built well. He's six two and shorter than Josh Gordon, but he's got speed to spare. And he's a lot tougher than I thought coming into the season. Um, and just the way he played down the stretch was phenomenal. Six of his final nine touchdowns, uh, either receiving or, or, or running, were in the final five weeks. Ten of his 12 runs, which three of those included touchdowns, were in the final five weeks. And 24 of his 45 catches were in the final five six games. I'm sorry. I mean, he just really – it all came together between – Part of it could have been Bill Musgrave finally figuring out, hey, I need to get this guy the ball, which good coaches probably have done that a lot sooner, and a part of him figuring out how his place in the offense. Well, now, we, now they have Norv Turner, which we saw last year what he did with Jordan Cameron and Josh Gordon with a, a hobby horse collection of quarterbacks. A <laughs> little bit better situation in Minnesota. What do, you, what do you see for – how does Turner change what happens with Patterson? Well, what I, what I think you're going to see a, a lot more of this year, I mean, at the beginning of last year, it was all short, intermediate routes. It was two, three-yard screen passes in Bill Musgrave's offense. I think Turner's going to let him cut him loose uh, more. He's going to do what he did a little bit with Josh Gordon, those drag routes, crossing routes, slant routes. When Cordell Patterson figured it out near the end of the year, he can get his body between the defender and the ball on a slant route. And if he, if I think next year he'll be able to catch those instead of getting tackled. He'll, he'll make those runs sort of like Calvin Johnson is able to do for the Lions. How much are we concerned about their quarterback situation affecting his ability to make the leap? Well, I think Mark hit it sort of on the head where if North Turner could do with what with Josh Campbell and and Brian Hoyer and Brandon Whedon yet last year with Josh Gordon, why would we, wouldn't we expect him to be able to do it with Matt Castle? And Teddy Bridgewater, which was, in my eyes, a major upgrade in both situations. And Patterson's going to make his plays after the catch, I think. Absolutely. I mean, you got to get him the ball. Obviously, you want him to do more than just catch bubble screens and all that. But that's what makes him special. When you watch him run, I'm trying to think of a another guy in the league that, that's like Cordero Patterson. Does anyone, anyone have a good comp for him right now? Uh, he's, I mean, he's amazing to watch. The only thing, I mean, on, on kickoff returns, he reminds me of a taller, you know, Devin Hester type where he could shift his hips. And I compared him kind of like a meld of De- Devin Hester and Julio Jones where he could get up and go and get the ball as a receiver. 
I, I mean, I don't know that there's a one-to-one comparison you can make because of that fact. Par- Percy Harvin might be the best one, the guy he's replacing. He's he's bigger, uh, but I don't know if he runs as, as tough as Percy Harvin does. Her Harvin is a little more physical, but to me, those two are kind of similar players. And Patterson, he's just one of those guys, he makes other NFL athletes look ordinary and you just don't see that much at the nfl level where he's on the field and he's making defenders look like slappies (laughs) what do you think about i mean their ability that he had 12 carries last year for 158 yards three touchdowns he had a 50 yard touchdown run you have suspect quarterback play potentially but how how about the idea of them finding other ways to get him the ball on offense i I would be interested to see if north turner will try to do that uh, I'm not sure that you'd want to, you want to put him in the backfield too much. I, I mean, I, don't, I think 15 carries over the course of the season wouldn't be a surprise. Um, but that, again, that don't, he had one or two carries in the last five or six games. He had two, a few before that each game. Uh, I, I don't see it being a huge part of their offense, but I think it could be a change of pace, and I certainly think they'll get more end around your last year. Because when you get him in space is when, he, when he's – Almost untackleable, especially mm. in the set. Once you get he gets into the secondary, he's too strong for for cornerbacks and safeties miss him a lot. Well, this making the leap series, it's our baby, Kevin, and we gave the number one spot on the list to you. So that means well, you are my favorite because, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would have fought. I would have fought if I didn't get it. I requested it immediately. So. Has anyone? Would, we would have had some battle. Um, has anyone ever called you an evolutionary Gary Myers? Has everyone ever called me? You'll have to listen to the show. That will all tie together when you listen later. All right, last thing, over-under. Over-under. Cordell Patterson will start at a catch. 65 receptions. Over. I'll go over, too. I will go over over as well. And as will Kevin Patra. Here we go. You ready? 1,175 yards receiving. Mm. Greg Rosenthal. I'll go over. We made him number one on the list. <laughs> we better. I, I think so, too. Why not? Sure. I go over. Should. Okay. I, I'll go a little bit under, but I think he'll be in a 1,000-yard guy. And finally – What about Patra? Oh, yeah, I, I know I, his I because I'm looking at his copy, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Kevin. I know. He, he's, yeah, he set me up to fail on that one. Uh, <laughs> I know I did. With, I'll go with 1,122 yards receiving. Ooh, I like that. And finally, 10 total touchdowns. Greg Rosenthal. Over. We're going to ride this number one all weekend. Uh, he will have 11 and will get a penalized called back. He'll finish the season with 10. <laughs> Ooh, under. <laughs> right. No. That was a weird one. I like it. Patra? Over, over. He had nine last year. He's going way over. All right, and, and last one. I'll add one more. Three special team scores. Greg Rosenthal. Under. Come on. Come on. I'll get in. Number one, <laughs> under, baby. Uh, under. Come on. Under, let's yeah, get sensible. How about Push. over, under, Patra? How many times? Uh, I don't know what people do in the gym, but I do know you worked out right before we called you. So oh, yeah. over, under, right. sit-ups or whatnot. <laughs> oh, today was a, a lot. Today, today was core day. You know, Patra, <laughs> who's got a great body, uh, you know, when we were stru- structuring the show, we were made aware that Kevin would be at the gymnasium, the local gym, pumping iron, and just that we had to work around his schedule a little bit. That's just the dedication to not just his craft as you read the Around the League page and also when you hear his voice that he cares about what he's doing, dedication to his own body, which is a temple. 
And it's hey, a can dedication. You professional athletes, if you can't try to get in shape yourself. <laughs> it's no. a dedication that the rest of the around the league crew does not share with you, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Actually, no. I was at the gym the other day, and I saw Sessler on the treadmill for like 13 there minutes. There you go. And Tell- and and look at TD. Yeah. TD looks great. Well, I think Patch has put us weird. on high alert. What is that? <laughs> All right. I'm just basing it on what I see. That's okay. <laughs> all right, Fabio. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, I'm, in- I'm included. I'm okay. Included. Your body's pretty nice too, Greg. All right, <laughs> Kevin Patra. That's it. Thank you very much for uh, checking in with us again for the second straight show. Uh, number one on the list, Cordero Patterson. Congrats, buddy. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Alan. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's See right. It. Kevin Patrick will be out here in Los Angeles, and uh, we'll oh, be yeah. stopping by for some live round. League we get podcast. to see the results of all that work in the gym. Mm. That's why you lift all them weights. <laughs> yeah, Wait, exactly. Kevin's still on the phone. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll see you later, Kev. Thanks, folks. Bye. <laughs> that was like one of those uh, <laughs> awkward – uh, FaceTime goodbyes that I, you know, we do FaceTime with, with my daughter and my, you know, but you can't, yeah. fi- they can't figure out how to end it. And you've said goodbye five, ten times. <laughs> or if you're in like the <laughs> office cafeteria and someone sidles up to you and starts talking to you and then you look down and you're on your phone, you look up, he's still there. <laughs> Not that Kevin is that guy, but it was well, a you've made Well, d- you made a, a parallel. Move. You shouldn't go on your phone when people are, when you're chatting with people. All right, before we go, let's go through. We, d- we just went through 25 to 1, making the leap candidates. Downstairs in the newsroom, the three of us got to talking, as we want to do, of uh, players that will not make the leap, in fact, will regress. We struggled coming up with a name of this segment, uh, with taking the plunge, taking a hit, taking a fall, uh, making the anti-leap, which makes no sense. <laughs> I settled on one that I'm going to run, run by you guys right now, and I'm excited about it. Listen and beware. There's a uh, there's a pause. Making the leap to irrelevance. Bang! <laughs> Moving forward. Irrelevance. <laughs> a little strong, I guess. Anyway, but you Dan get the is point. Always most proud of the most ridiculous <laughs> ideas. <laughs> you get the point. With these are guys we think are going to start going downhill. Patrick, are you still on the line? <laughs> okay, just checking. Just checking. All right, so. Uh, let me get it started. I'll start with the first one I had in mind. He is Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald. Mm. He's been a very special player for many years in this league. He is entering his age 31 season. I think we've seen some signs of regression in the last couple of years as he's breaking down a little bit. Uh, I still think Fitzgerald will be a solid player, but I think he's going to become a second banana this year. I think Michael Floyd, who's uh, showed us a lot last year, went over a thousand yards. People are really talking him up this spring as a guy that will uh, make his own leap. We didn't put him on the list this year because he was on the list last year. And he did make And we that. nailed it. Uh, but anyway, so you're going to have Floyd, I think, is going to emerge as the true number one target on that team. Bruce Arians, uh, known to move his uh, aging wide receivers inside. You're going to see... Fitzgerald Moore is like a guy that runs underneath patterns and, and more an inside receiver. doesn't mean he won't still be uh, productive, but he won't be Larry Fitzgerald anymore, mm. in my opinion. I, I will counter you on that because... Do it, buddy. A, you labeled this series a pathway where the player winds up irrelevant. Well, I, I, I obviously admitted that that was a little strong okay. in the wording. Well, all right. So we agree he won't be irrelevant come December, but I, I do... Uh, Disagree. In We're the all going to be irrelevant eventually. We'll all be gone. Some this is all sooner temporary. than later. Yeah, that's for sure. 
Uh, what was that? I don't know. Just I'm. It's factual. <laughs> Says the, the man wearing another man's purple jacket. I know. Is that the first Sessler about another one of our deaths? <laughs> are you gonna kill me, Mark? <laughs> okay, go ahead, buddy. You are attempting to deflect me from making my point. That's gonna totally disrupt your prediction. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, but I just I look at I look at Fitzgerald. They're moving. What we've heard about what's happened in the offseason is being used all over the place. Maybe kind of like the Reggie the Reggie Wayne scenario in Indianapolis with a veteran receiver mm. that uh, Bruce Arians trusted. And I, I think there's enough uh, – this is going to be a high-octane passing team. they got a lot of speed. I just – I see what you're saying. I think that day is coming for him, not this season. I think – I disagree with Dan, too, because he – Whatever. Is going to be <laughs> 31 this year. Yes. It's, it's not that old. Hey, he, well, look at what Andre Johnson just did. He feels older because he's been great since he was 21. But he still in the, had some good years left in his career, and that comparison to Reggie Wayne was perfect because Fitzgerald isn't as explosive as he once was, but that doesn't mean he can't rack up some numbers from Which the inside like I Reggie said, Wayne. I don't, okay, so you think he could be a 1,300-yard receiver still? I, at this, I think he at still could maybe, yes. Like okay, I don't Anquan think he's Bolden, that guy anymore. who also had a nice uh, rebirth sort of after he wasn't as explosive. Yeah, I, I still think he could have better numbers this year than he had last year. Okay, and I, yeah, before I move on, I just want to, again, make it clear. I don't think Fitzgerald's done, but I think 71,006 is more his ceiling at this point. Mark, your turn. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go over to Buffalo where I, I think the, the, point, the, the mistake here could be, oh, we don't like these guys or we're, we got something for the – Fred Jackson is one dude that I respect. He is – outdone the he's had doubters his whole career he keeps he's proven them wrong over and over but I think that there's a situation right now where you've got CJ Spiller and what we're reading from multiple people over the last couple weeks is that Bryce Brown projects as a much bigger role than people thought they made a trade for him someone's got to lose carries here and I agree if it's not irrelevance I think this is the year that Fred Jackson drop off take a take a big drop off where he's in the last year of his contract, he turns 34 next year. Eh, not hot on his numbers going was, into this season. I was a little surprised what we saw from Fred Jackson last year. Sure. I thought he was basically headed towards actual irrelevance. But, uh, yeah, I could see that happening. And I think I'm in the club that thinks C.J. Spiller is going to have a nice bounce-back season. And then you had Brown, who obviously showed some things in Philly. It makes sense that Fred is the odd man out. Well, he's the AFC's answer to Frank Gore. Every year people try to bury him, and every year he figures it out. He holds a record unofficially. He has been underdrafted in fantasy leagues for eight straight years. Fred Jackson never Hmm. properly drafted. It's fair. Greg, your turn. I'm going to go big to start. My boy, Cam Newton. I'm a big fan, but we're talking about guys that could take a hit. That surrounding talent and that defense isn't going to be as dominant, and I don't think that running game is that great. I believe Cam Newton will play better than his numbers and that he'll do his best. But with that surrounding talent, I think it's going to be tough for him and the Panthers to repeat, and I think he'll get a lot of blame for it. But we're not talking – we're talking about a season drop-off, not yeah, a not, career. No, I'm okay. not – I'm just saying it's going to be tough for Cam Newton with that group around him to do as well this year as he did last year. So taking a drop-off, whatever think, you want to call it. I think he's going he's gonna to take such a drop. Carpenter, two seasons. He's out of the football league entirely. That's <laughs> what I said. Wow. Yes. So he ends his career where Harrison Ford began his just <laughs> – Doing the sidings to wood, Ford wood doors. I like that. Um, no, I, I agree with you. And I, I have a Sessler of my own 
that this time next year, or let's say this time entering free agency in the draft, the Panthers will be coming off a 7-9. and nine. Newton will have a year where his uh, weapons fail him and he's frustrated. His contract's coming near an end, and it's going to be a huge story that the Panthers mm. need to build an offense around him or he's going to leave the team. Mm. Book it. I like that. This is when I'm almost emotionally protecting myself, hoping I'm wrong, because as a big Cam Newton fan, I'm just really afraid of what's going to happen this season. Uh, I got another one. Antonio Gates. Nice nugget in a Chris Wessling uh, positional rankings uh, piece from a couple weeks ago. Antonio Gates averaged 6.4 receptions and 87.6 yards through week five of last season. We were all talking about, oh, Antonio Gates is back. Then those numbers plummeted to 3.4 and 34.5 yards per game after Keenan Allen um, took over. Now you have also Ladarius Green, who were very high on a making the leap candidate. Gates getting older, another year slower, and I think Gates will not be completely phased out, but I think by this time next year, there will be no question who's the number one tight end, and Allen will continue to be Allen. Gates' days as a big-time tight end are over. Uh, well, that's the, the, the lot of factors, the age and, and, and the place he is in his career makes an argument for that. I would say, though, that Mike McCoy and you know last year Wizenhunt helped reignite Gates for a good portion of the season. They Five ran weeks. the ball crazy down the stretch. That hurt all those guys' numbers. But fair point. They've got an air apparent behind them that's going to chip away at his, at his stats. If we're saying fair or unfair to this, that is fair. I mean, Gates. It that's is. fair. That's a yeah. great one. Home run. All right, Mark. Going down. Uh, this pains me because what I want, when we talk about a player that needs to be free to go do and finish his career the right way. That's Andre Johnson to me. We talked about that a few shows ago. I don't like his situation. He's in Houston. He's still an excellent athlete, but he's getting up there in age, which wouldn't be a concern for me if he was on the Patriots or another team that could put him in a good position. He's got Ryan Fitzpatrick as his quarterback on an offense that I I would argue lacks identity right now because it used to be go pound the ball with Arian Foster – but he's coming off a crazy back injury-filled season. Mm-hmm. I just don't like Andre Johnson's situation in this offense. I will throw one counter out, and I, I agree with you on balance, but I want to give you Andre Johnson's numbers last year. Oh, they were insane. Well, that's a good reason to predict he's going to take a hit. What comes up must come down. Progression to the mean. I mean, he could drop 500 yards like that. Yeah, we're not predicting he'll be... You Are know, you going to let me recite the numbers at least before you bury my point? Greg, Bar- that would be fair of you to do. Uh, premature burial. It's been done. Hang on. <laughs> 109 catches, 1,407 yards, only five touchdowns. My point being that that was with uh, the artist formerly known as Matt Schaub, a little Case Keenum. Who else was in the mix last year? That was your mix. Uh, I mean, so I'm I'm thinking that you can make the argument as long as Andre Johnson shows up, he's gonna eat, he's gonna get his yards because he's that good. Well, it's a different offense this year, and I I just I oh well, I hope he eats. That would be he's a gonna big... stuff his face. He's gonna get really fat, and that will well, be. Well, you're a trying to well. retire Fitzgerald at age 31. Eight, you know, Andre uh, you Johnson's know what? a couple. Of years I think older. I spoke with some nuance on the topic, and <laughs> and you know it. Who's up next? Uh, I'll go. I'll talk about Wes Welker. Because he wasn't the same player at the end of last season. He's got a big injury scare. They're batted people around him. I just don't think – I think he'll be a factor. But I don't think the AFC's leading receiver or Pro Bowls or even 1,000-yard seasons are in the cards for him anymore. 
I agree. I think he's heading down that road, and this maybe is the year where they seem to be planning away. for that to happen potentially. Sure. So I, I think if the team is showing that might be a possibility, yes. Okay, and finally, let's do kind of a lightning round for the last one because we're a little short on time. I will start. Demarcus Ware, Denver Broncos. That you got a lot of money on the open market uh, to be guy, be the guy that you pair up with Von Miller to bring the pass rush. Uh, I think his play slipped last year. Maybe not as much as some people thought, but maybe he's just he's not the same guy. And I don't know. I just I don't see him making the impact that people think. I, I see a disappointment there, and I don't know if his body is capable of making it through a full season at this state of his career. I think he will be helped by Von Miller on the other side, but it's can he play a full season? We don't know. I agree. Mark. I'm going to go Arian Foster, and again, I'm not predicting the guy will be in a grave next season. But what oh, I am, well, no, because really this isn't. We're not saying their demise career-wise, but I, I think statistically, numbers off of what we would think and where he's going to get drafted fantasy-wise will be a big disappointment. I think about 850 yards misses some games. Wow, we don't. We are not bullish on the Texans' offense. And finally, Greg Rosenthal. My final choice is Roddy White's been one of my favorite wide receivers in the league since he came in. But I don't think Roddy White now is what everyone thinks Roddy White still is. He's more of a possession guy. He's gotten a little worse every year. He was hurt last year. Uh, and I think this could be a troublesome year for Mr. White. I agree. All right, that's it for today's edition of the Around the League podcast. We will be back on Thursday with another show. Uh, we'll probably get Chris Wessling on the horn to talk about uh, AFC teams ahead of training camp. That's right, the AFC training camp preview. Get Wes on the horn, get the, uh, the scientists, the mailman's input. Hopefully uh, he'll be available in Cincinnati. Uh, we're looking forward to that. So until then, this is Dan Hansa signing off for the Sizzler and the Boss and TD. Till Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.